Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is a sermon recording from this Sunday, March the 14th. It's a day late. I usually post these on a Monday, but it just took a little while to get everything in order following the big snowstorm we had out here in Denver. And so I share with you now this sermon, which was preached by myself and Pastor Gary. We went back and forth sharing some thoughts and insights about all of it. And this was part three of our sermon series, Because You Asked. The questions that we got, we, we put it out there to the congregation, what would you want to hear a sermon about? And our first week, we heard a sermon on division and evil. Our second week, we heard a sermon on forgiveness. And I think appropriately so, it all culminated with this final week, a sermon on salvation and heaven. And so listen now as Pastor Gary and I share some thoughts, some insights, some theological concepts, uh, hopefully more than anything, a message of hope about salvation and heaven. So again, good morning and welcome to this final conclusion of the Because You Asked sermon series. And today the scripture readings that were chosen go toward that theme that Pastor Nate mentioned as we opened worship, the theme of, of heaven and salvation and what, what does that really mean for us and, and how can we be sure, how do we line all of these things up with a world that tells us some things through pop culture and a world that tries to teach us through scripture and the bottom line is in all of it is that scripture gives us glimpses but really what you're going to hear this morning is pastor nate and i having a conversation about this but no neither one of us have actually been there so we can't actually speak from personal experience but we can speak from some theological perspectives that hopefully uh, are helpful for you as we talk about this today. So as, as we got into that topic, that passage that Janet read from Luke is one that I think informs me so much because so many people have the question of how do we know that one, I'll be saved and then who gets saved? How do we figure all that out? So to me, it's really poignant that Jesus talks to a thief on the cross and actually the thief even talks back even to the point where he says to Jesus um, or it says to the other, per, the other thief on the cross is that they're being condemned justly for what they have done. But then really such a beautiful passage, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So I get a little glimpse that heaven should be paradise because I think that's what we can say Jesus was talking about as a part of that. But for me, it really goes to the fact that here is a person on the cross who actually believes that they're being punished justly for the crimes that they committed and that Jesus does not say to them, you're right, your crimes are heinous, no heaven for you. That's not, that's not what we hmm. hear Jesus say, but instead, Jesus letting that person know that they would be welcome into the kingdom as, as an outreaching, an outstretching of his love. And for me, that's really important. So it gets at a question that I've had come up at, at multiple points in my pastoral career of people saying, so what's the criteria for getting into heaven? How do I know? And when it came down to it, and I had to think about this um, a lot of different times along my ministry, I sort of boiled it down to two criteria. There, there are two criteria to getting into heaven. 
The first one is that you want to get in. Because I don't think God is going to force anybody to go to heaven. But I do think that, uh, so that would be the first criteria that you actually want to get into heaven. The second criteria is that God wants you to be in heaven. Mm. And uh, if God doesn't want you to be in heaven, I don't see how to get around that one. So I really think that's it. If you want to be in heaven and God wants you to be in heaven, you will be in heaven. And I think it can be boiled down that simply. But I know that that doesn't always define it as clearly as some people would like. Yeah, well, and what I'm thinking about with your twofold, uh, the, the Pastor Gary model for getting into heaven, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking about the scripture passage from Luke and how there's the two thieves on the cross, and they kind of highlight what you're talking about. The, they both, I realized as I was studying this passage this week, both of the thieves ask for salvation. The first one says it, it derides Jesus and says, save yourself along with us, And then the second thief says, hey, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I think that that's a really, it it portrays a really important point, kind of along the lines of what you're talking about too, in the different attitudes that are presented there. There's the one thief who doesn't feel any sense of guilt for what he's done. All he cares about is saving his own skin at that moment, and that's where his request for salvation comes from. Whereas you have the second thief who in a much more humble state asks Jesus, even admits, like, he, he's, getting, he's not getting what he deserves. We're getting what we deserve, but Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and I'm reminded, too, hearing you talk about the, the twofold, you want to be in, God wants you in. There's a great story uh, by C.S. Lewis called The Great Divorce. And you kind of mentioned that we often pull our ideas about heaven from pop culture <laughs> and other places. And so this is, this is me doing exactly that. Um, but I really like the analogy um, that C.S. Lewis uses in that book. He describes this bus that goes down to hell and picks up a whole bunch of people there and brings them up to heaven. But then when they get off the bus in heaven, they hate it. It's too real for them. The grass is too green and the sun is too bright. And they decide to get back on the bus and go back down to hell. But there is something, right, about the attitude that we bring with us to this entire question. Are you like the first thief who just wants to save your own skin? Or is there a sense of humility and trust in what God will do for you there? And so with all of this, though, the part of the question This is the Because You Asked series, and frankly, I would title today's I'm Not Surprised You Asked About Heaven and Hell. This is one that we were kind of sure we would get at some point along the way. So, Pastor Gary, what is heaven like then? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, whenever whenever that comes up, I go back to the time when, oh, this could be 15 years ago maybe, when you could go into, into a Starbucks and they would have a thought for the day on their cup, but not a thought like, oh, be kind to someone, it'll help them make their day. But they really went into super deep thoughts. So one of the thoughts on a Starbucks cup that somebody has somewhere, and so um, I can't do this verbatim, I wish I, had the cu- I actually had a, one of these cups with me, uh, was something about heaven. And basically on that Starbucks cup, it was written how heaven is getting by um, simply because it doesn't have to be hell. 
So it, it basically said, you know, ah. so if heaven is this place where we float around all day with wings on our back and we sit on clouds and we hear harps playing, they're like, really, truly, how exciting does that sound? Do you really want to do that for the next 100,000 years? Just kind of sit and float on a cloud and hear harps playing? They're saying the only reason people want to go to heaven is because hell's the only alternative. That's how heaven's getting by all of this time. Huh. And, <laughs> and so for some people, I've heard them say, well, heaven is just going to be this this continuous worship service. It's just going to go on and on and on. And I'm thinking, well, that might be hell to some Lutherans because, you know, uh, because after, I hope there's no watches in heaven because after 90 minutes, we're all going to be looking at ours saying what's next. And, and so it gets at this whole concept of, of what is heaven really going to be like? And that's where, of course, pop culture comes in because there's so many movies of them, some that I really like. I mean, I really enjoy the, the creative way people talk about what will heaven be like. And I have my own creative ideas and I kind of hope you have your own creative ideas too. But I go back to scripture that always use words like what Jesus used, paradise. They, they, they use words like peace and comfort. And so when I think about heaven in those terms, I realize that I might have it completely wrong mm. in my mind. Everybody who's ever written about it might have it completely wrong, but when I get there, I'll trust that God has something even better in mind than I do. Yeah, and, and that's the important point with all of this as well. You and I have never been to heaven as we <laughs> confessed at the beginning of this sermon, and there's lots of ideas out there about it, but, but at the end of the day, I think we can trust God in all of this. And, and that's what faith is about. It's about an act of trusting God and entrusting that there is hope beyond death. Uh, one of the readings today, the, the, it talked about the hopelessness of death, the first reading. And, and, and that is true. I, I think people have always asked this question about what happens after we die because it feels like such a dead end. It feels like such a stark mm -hmm. ending and such a mystery. And yet, as people of faith, we can hope that even though we don't know the specifics, that it's going to be really good. We're going to want to be there. We can trust that God has something more in store for us with all of that. Yeah. So, and, and as that comes though, then people say, well, how will I know other people in heaven? Mm, we, mm -hmm. we confess the resurrection of the body. Right. Where do we, where do we go with that? Yeah, and, and it even, we picked up on that in the first Corinthians passage too, mm -hmm. where uh, Paul writes about the, this, mortal body will put on immortality, this perishable body will put on imperishability. A little work on this. This, this is one of my favorite <laughs> theological concepts that we talk about. When you read the resurrection accounts of Jesus, again and again we're told about a Jesus who really was raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. Jesus wasn't a ghost. And in fact, there's many points within the scripture and stories that we have that seem to be specifically set out to make that point. When Jesus shows up to Doubting Thomas, he says, here, look at the scars in my hands. And at other points, Jesus shows up and he eats breakfast with the disciples. John 21, 12 is my favorite Bible passage. Come and have breakfast, Jesus said. I love a good breakfast. But then also, Jesus um, at other points says, hey, do you have anything to eat when he's resurrected? And so all of these seem to be making the point that Jesus really was restored from death. His body rose again. And Paul picks up on this in his first Corinthians passage, and theologians have as well, this concept of a bodily resurrection. And it's this idea that our bodies are actually physically restored. 
I make this point often in funeral sermons that I preach, especially in circumstances where someone has died in a way where their body betrayed them. Whether it was cancer or Alzheimer's or or something else, we see way too many stories where a person deteriorates in this lifetime. And I think if the resurrection is going to really be something hopeful that we're looking towards, we have to believe that God can restore our broken bodies as well. When we're raised again, however that all works out, we will be fully restored in body, mind, and soul. And I take great comfort in that promise. Mm -hmm. Great comfort in that promise. And I think it gets at where you would talk about then, when we think about us being invited into heaven, it means that we take seriously what we have from that passage of Isaiah, where God says, I will uh, forgive their iniquities and remember their sins no more. We talk all, all the time at funerals, I shouldn't say all the time through funeral sermons, but at, the, at that commendation, we t- talk about the fact that it's God who redeems us. And so what you're really talking about there is that we are both redeemed, but we're also restored, also restored. In, God's, yeah. in God's eyes and God's image and how that works. And I don't have to really get hung up in the fact of we know that there are bodies in graves or that people got cremated or all the different ways that that can happen. It's another one of those things that I just hand over to God and I trust that redeemed and restored is in God's hands. And if I put my life in God's hands, I'll put my eternal life in God's hands as well. And all of this talk about putting it in God's hands and entrusting it to God, that's also often where I come down when people ask me about the specifics of salvation. (laughs) I like to say, well, God is God and I am not. I've made that point many times (laughs) at this sanctuary over the last year. But, But in this circumstance, it's really helpful too because there's a lot of people out there who want to play the role of judge and to say that these people are in and those people are out. And I don't know if we're allowed to do that. I think in a lot of ways, we have to trust that God has promised us eternal life and then allow it to shake out and let God be the judge of who's in and who's out. I think we can make ourselves crazy if we think too hard about that. We can. I've known some real curmudgeons in my day. And if I get to heaven and find out they're there, I'm not going to ask to leave. I'll I'll still find a way to, to put up with it and be there with them because, again, I'll put all of that into God's hands. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot more that Pastor Nate and I could talk about this, and in fact, we probably will. So stay tuned to the Bethany Lutheran Church podcast that will be coming because we'll be talking a little bit more even about this concept of heaven and salvation, hopefully from a solid theological perspective and a little bit of our own probably introspection tossed into that as well. I just want to say we are so glad that you asked about these topics that we've been able to do. There are more, and they'll inform some of the podcasts that we have going forward as well. But in this time, I think what we would say is, through all the questions that we have in this world, God counts on us to be the the people of God, to live out God's image in the world. And if we do that, if we are people who... Try to, try to break down divisions and create more unity. If we're people who forgive e- each other wholly for, from our inner heart and from our inner soul, and if we put our life into God's hands, certainly our eternal life will be in God's hands as well. Amen. Amen.